Always try to do. Let's start with the prayer for the cause of sainthood for Venerable Bishop Frederick Barragan. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, thank you for the life and holiness of your servant, Frederick Barragan. I pray you will honour him by the title of saint. He dedicated himself completely to missionary activity to make you known, loved, and served by the people who you love. As a man of peace and love, Barriga brought peace and love wherever he travelled. Lord, grant Venerable Bishop Barriga the grace of beatification. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today we're going to try and cover the entries and footnotes of um, Bishop Barriga for the month of June, over the time that he kept his diary. It actually started in the month of, of June, so we should have uh, plenty to, to fill in, and maybe I won't get all the stuff done. Just to remind everyone that what I'm using is the diary of Bishop Frederick Barragar, First Bishop of Marquette, Michigan, edited and annotated by Regis M. Walling, and the Reverend N. Daniel Rupp, translated by Joseph Grigorich and the Reverend Paul Prudhomme, S.J. And it was published by... We've got my page ready beforehand, shouldn't I? By Wayne State University Press, that's based in Detroit, and the date of the publication that I'm reading is from... 1990 copyright and then this edition was published in 2001. So without further ado, let's start with um, June. Now it's the tail end of June of the year 1852. Today I received the first report of my nomination for the Bishopric of Saint-Marie. I received the first report in a letter of June 7th from the Right Reverend Bishop Henri and Bishop, Jane, uh, Henny, J Bishop John Martin Henny was born in Switzerland in June 15th, 1805. Uh, moving back to the main thing, where he states that Providence appears to want to call me to the chief pastorship, that's underlined, on Lake Superior, where I may then also feed his too-much-neglected sheep. Barriga used the first person where a direct quotation would have been in the third person. The second report I received from Kirchenzeitung, which is a Catholic newspaper published in New York City, I'm presuming for German-language people, of June 10th, where it states, about the election of the new bishops, there is, of course, Nothing definite as yet to report. However, it is certain that the Reverend Dr. Barriga in Launce, Michigan, that worthy missionary to the Indians, was appointed Bishop of Sault-Saint-Marie. The third report I received from Mr. Kribasa, indirectly, 
namely that Upper Michigan will get a bishop. And there's a couple of footnotes there. Let's see. The one that tells us about Mr. Kribasa was Peter Pierre Kribasa was born in Red River County of Canada on August 15, 1807 and raised and educated in Montreal. In 1829, he became the agent of the American Fur Company at Mackinac. From there, he travelled Lake Superior, and in 1837, at La with Barriga presiding, he married Nancy Roussin. In 1838, they moved to Lens, where Peter established his own trading post and served as postmaster. The Cabasas brought their first three children to La so Barriga could baptise them. The Cabasas raised their large family at Lens, where many of their descendants still reside. And that's from the 1850 census. The, then there's another footnote that says that that text I just read out about the third report, that was added vertically in the upper left corner of the diary. And continuing, whether this now is really so certain that's an in inverted commas. The future will show. Alas, it is proven to be certain. May God's will be done, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but by your name give glory. And that's from Psalm 115, verse 1. Then the next day, in June 28th, answer to W. Wade's letter in regard to the Chippewa Dictionary. It cannot be finished this summer. It will hardly be ready for next summer. Two accounts sent to P.B. Barbeau, and there's a footnote about this man. Peter Barbeau was born at La Prairie, Quebec, on June 29th, 1800. He came to Sault Marie in 1822 and married Archange. That's a good name, Archange. That, that would be a French female for Archangel. Anyway, Archange Lalonde on August 9th, 1831. They had three daughters, the oldest whom married James P. Pendle. Barbeau was originally a trader for the American Fur Company in Wisconsin, but he left the company in 1842, purchased the old Indian agency at the Sioux, and set up his own trading business. He served in many elected positions. Barbeau died at Sault Ste. Marie in October 17, 1822. Barbeau conducted much of his business and made his purchases through Barbeau. Barriga employed him to repair and construct churches at the Sioux and at Paymont. Barbeau was also a trustee in the parish at the Sioux. Barbeau died in Sault Ste. Marie on October 17, 1882. His wife died there on July 24, 1895. Both were 82 at the time of their deaths. That's a good long um, age to live to at that time. So back, two accounts sent to P.B. Barbeau. Besides the $23.84, with it gave a memorandum to Kribasa, Article 20, coffee, whatever that means. June 29th. Today is my 55th birthday. Barga always considered June 29th his birthday. However, his full name, Irenaeus Frederick Barga, suggests that he may have been born on June 28th, the Feast of St. Irenaeus. Well, of course, that's their speculation there, that's the author's speculation. But I know someone who was born on the Feast of 
St. Dominic, and the parents had a big argument about whether to call the, their daughter Dominica, and then they decided that because the mother didn't like Dominica and the father did like Dominica, that they picked a saint that was three days before. Um, so that doesn't this doesn't really that doesn't really follow because it might be true, but they they don't cite where they get that information from. Anyway, he says today is my fifty fifth birthday. Thanks be to God. Then June thirtieth, wrote two letters: one to the Right Reverend Bishop Henny, the second to Chairman Wickman. And we've got some footnotes about that. He uh, let's see. So it's, he was the editor of a newspaper down in Detroit, and then it says C letter register. This C references Barriga's notebook that he kept, letters received by me and extracts of letters sent. Both of these records omit some letters known from other sources. Occasional discrepancies in dates also occur. The exact registers began in 1854. And that's the end of the first month in the diaries of June, and that was in 1852. As we move into 1853, there's hardly any entries at all for anything, actually. Um, June starts in June 13th. Today, the Reverend Kundig, that was Reverend Joseph Kundig, who came from Croatia to the United States in 1839. He worked primarily in Vincennes, Indiana. He died at the age of 47 on December 4th, 1857, at Jasper, Iowa. Today, Reverend Kundig arrived here from his European trip and told me that Cardinal Franzoni told him in Rome that my confirmation as Vicar Apostolic and Bishop of Upper Michigan is not subject to any doubt. Only one cannot say when the bulls from Rome will arrive. Well, let it be so. Then so it shall be. O Lord, then it shall arrive. And that was written in German. June 17th. Today, two teeth were set up for me by Dr. J. Taylor, whom the Lord may bless and keep for a long time. I'm sure, actually, that finding any kind of quali quality dentist back in those days would be worth his weight in, in gold fillings. <laughs> June 27th. Today is already a year since I have heard it for the first time, but I'm no further ahead than I was then. Stop. I'm presuming that he's talking there about... Uh, being becoming the bishop. June 29th. Today is my 56th birthday, which I am spending sadly here in this dreadful heat. And we all know what that's been like, the dreadful heat. That's the end of the entries. Very few, as I said, for that whole year, there's very few entries. But that's the end of the entries for June 1853. Now we move into uh, June 1854. And the first one, He's on his travels, and the first one is June the 6th. From from Halifax to Boston, then to New York, June 9th. At 2am, arrived in New York, where I again live with the Redemptorists Fathers on 53rd Street. June 12th, Father Dunn to Upper Michigan, I to Washington. June 13th, said Mass with the Jesuit Fathers in Georgetown, and then to the Commissioner of the General Land 
office, Honourable Wilson, to seek the grant of that strip of land where the Catholic Church stands on Sousson Marie. As a footnote, the mission property was requisitioned by the War Department by an Act of Congress on September 26, 1850, for the expansion of Fort Brady, so that the mission no longer owned the church property. No satisfaction came from the land office in Sousson-Marie. Barriger appealed directly to the commissioner, but received no satisfaction from him either. Barriger then authorised Father Minet to purchase from Placidus Ord lots that were adjacent to the church for $400. Now, that is interesting, of course, as many of you who listen know, I've mentioned this before, the American government was extremely anti-Catholic and uh, was up until the lifetime of many of the people who listen to this. And this, the very fact that he got no answer or anything was probably to do with the fact that it was a, a Catholic church. If you remember a couple of months back, I read out, there was a whole letter that went to a newspaper and then to the government saying that the Papists, Catholics, should be removed from the area around Lake Superior as they're trying to spread their poison, and that was never retracted. Anyway, so back then to the Secretary of the Treasury, Honourable James Guthrie, about free passage of my religious articles. And Guthrie refused Barriga's request. June 14th. In the evening at 11, again arrived at New York at the Redemptorist Fathers. Footnote, during this stay in New York, Barriger frequently preached at the Redemptorist churches. The Redemptorist took a special collection of over $500 for him. Isaac Hecker, who later founded the Congregation of St. Paul, was a member of the community at this time. Barriger ordered two paintings from Europe for Hecker. June 27th. Today is two years since I have begun making entries in this booklet. Since then I have seen much, heard much, learned much, received much. God be thanked for all. Would that you take care of me. The manuscript is mutilated here and it's unclear, but they think that the monogram might have been IHS, so that's the name of Jesus, of course. So back to that. Would you take care of me, possibly Jesus, that I could take good care of all you have given me, that I do well and always, as it is pleasing to you, Jesus, whom I love exceedingly. And then he did put IHS. June 29th. Today is my 57th birthday. Thanks be to God. How many years shall I still live? Well, I cannot know. Only one knows this. Of course, we all know who that one is. That is only God knows that. And it is not for us to seek that out. But that's the end, excuse me, of the entries for 1854. Now moving on to June 1855. June the 9th. I received the finished 14 Stations of the Cross. The pictures cost $12 and the pasting on the linen and varnish 7 Altogether $19. June 14th. Today... My portrait from Lang has been completed for $50. And there's a footnote about that. Matthias Langus was a Slovenian artist and friend of Barriga. This portrait is the lithogram that Barriga mentioned in a letter to Amelia Gressi. And here's a quote. So now a lithogram of me has been arranged with the inscription Premier Evic de Sousson-Marie. That's uh, First Bishop of Sousson-Marie. 
That was from a letter from Barriga to Grissel, uh, Mackinac, 18th, uh, April 19th, 1855. June 20th, journey from Cincinnati via Sandusky to Detroit with six school teachers. Barriga strove to provide English-speaking teachers for the Indian schools as the government re required and the Indians had requested. June 24th. Arrived at the Sioux about 10pm on the 23rd and on the 24th preached in English and French. Arrived in Mackinac stupidly because of Dusman's house for $500. And the footnote says, Dusman is the name of a wealthy fur trader family that still lives on Mackinac Island. June 28th. Arrived at Cross Village and on the following day immediately press on. And there's a footnote. Latishar, who I've mentioned in previous months, described this visit. On the afternoon of June 28th, he, Bishop Barriga, came from Mackinac in a canoe. A number of Indians were with him. The canoes of the Indians are very much like the boats on the Ljubljana River. Since he was not expected on this day, not many Indians were at home. As many as there were came hastily as soon as they heard the bell ring and knelt to receive the blessing of their dear bishop. In the evening all the men gathered in the school where they wanted to talk with the bishop. The next day at six he said mass and preached. It was the feast of St. And, Peter and Paul. But in the United States it is not a holy day. Then he went to Little Traverse, Crooked Tree in fact, and I accompanied him. Since the wind was contrary, the Indians had to pull the boat by a rope for the distance of about seven hours between Cross Village and Arbroch in Middle Village with a church. It is my mission. All the Indians gathered on the shore because they had learned that the bishop was to pass by. We all went into the church where the bishop gave them a short speech and then he went further. In the evening at six, we came to Little Traverse. There the bishop preached, confessed, taught the children, and some of them he confirmed. Then he went to another village where there is also a church. Friday, July 6, he again returned, and in the afternoon he came to Middle Village where I was waiting for him and preparing a class for Holy Confirmation. He remained there Saturday and Sunday. He preached and confessed, and on Sunday, the 8th, he administered Holy Confirmation. On Monday we set out towards Cross Village. The next day we went on an island, and there's a dot, 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 dot. We left at nine, and in the evening at six we were there. Also here he laboured as usual. He administered Holy Confirmation to 44, most of whom were adults. A bishop has never here, here before. Frederick Barriga was the first priest to announce the Holy Gospel on this island, and he was also the first bishop to come here. Here poverty is especially great. In the church there was not even a stool in which the bishop could kneel. He had to kneel on the floor. We returned Friday afternoon. On the Sunday he administered Holy Confirmation in the home church, Cross Village, and on Monday he returned to Mackinac, to where I accompanied him. And that was written by Father Latishar, to the newspaper back home on September the 6th, 1855. And back to the last entry 
but there's a long footnote for this. The last entry for 1859, June 29th, arrived in Little Traverse. Barriga also described the journey in four um, identical letters. The letters to the Wachen's friend, the friend of truth, I think that means in German, is as follows. To comply somewhat with the wishes of the Catholic friends of the missions, I give here a brief report of my visitation journey of this year to the missions in and around Arbkroch, which I had established and attended more than 20 years ago. Since that time, these missions have increased very much, and now, in most of them, there are no more pagans. But in some, there are one or more pagans who still stubbornly resist all efforts of the missioners and the influencing example of the converted Indians that surround them. However, these pagans have become very rare. In these missions, almost all are converted. On June 29th, on my 58th birthday, I arrived at Arbkroch, which was my first mission station. On May 25th, 1831, 24 years ago, my first bishop in America, Edward Fenwick, brought me to this mission, which I took over with a grateful heart and deep emotions. Now I remained here several days, and during the entire time I instructed the Indians and heard confessions, and on Sunday, July 1st, I administered Holy Confirmation for the first time in my first mission. True, I was here last August, but I did not confirm because only a short time before Bishop Lefebvre of Detroit confirmed there. I arranged for confirmation on the next Sunday in a mission that I had founded 24 years ago, but there where his holy, but where his holy sacrament has as yet never been administered. In the simple mission church built by the poor Indians themselves, they saw with great spiritual joy their bishop, in full vestments, preach to them and administer the holy sacrament of confirmation. From here I once more sailed in an Indian boat, after so many years, to Beaver Island, which lies in the middle of Lake Michigan. It is so far from the firm land that it is scarcely visible as a streak of mist. As I was the first priest who 24 years ago stepped on the island, so now I was the first bishop who ever visited it. All the inhabitants of this island, who live very simple and peacefully, are now converted to the Catholic religion, because the missioners who were my successors in this mission have visited them frequently and have preached to them until they were all converted. My visit to this romantic island was joyful and stirring for me and these simple children of nature. Many old Indian men and women came to me, knelt down to receive the bishop's blessing, and then with gratitude and deep emotion said to me, Father, you baptised me, you certainly did, long, long time ago. Others said, My parents have told me that you had baptised me, but at the time I was a very small child. And now they themselves have several small children around them. They now were very pleased to receive the bishop's blessing from their old missioner, from whom they or their parents first learned to pronounce the holy names of Jesus and Mary. And now I began with instructions and hearing of confessions, and administered to them with deep emotion holy confirmation. At this time, 44 received this holy sacrament on Beaver Island. Next time I come here, those who are not yet well enough instructed will be confirmed. In one house, two Indian women were sick in bed. They were sad because they could not come to the church and receive holy confirmation. I therefore went into their house, heard their confessions, and instructed them, and the next day I administered to them on their sickbed 
and to their great consolation, this holy sacrament. From Beaver Island, I went to a mission known as Cross Village, and where the Reverend Father Lawrence Latisher is missioner. At the time I took care of these missions, the converted Indians erected a large cross in their village, which since has often been renewed. From this cross, the village received its name. Until now, Father Mirak had been there for many years, but this spring, at his own request and my consent, he was moved to another mission, which I will mention later. The Indians of Cross Village are well instructed and good Christians. They are the best Indians that we have. Father Mirak was here nine years and has conscientiously fulfilled his duties as a missioner, for which may God the Lord bless him. Father Latishar, his successor, is a zealous and pious missioner who makes a great effort to continue the good work begun by his predecessor. The short time in which he has learned the Indian language is astonishing. He came to that mission last fall, and with great diligence he immediately began to study the Indian grammar and to translate the Indian books we have. And now for two months he is alone in his mission, without an interpreter, whom he has never used, and catechizes, hears confessions, and preaches better than I could at the end of my second year as a missioner. To be sure, at that time there was no grammar, no dictionary, and no book from which one could have learned this entire, entirely peculiar language. Father Latishaw's progress is a surprise to all. He now speaks also English with some fluency and could very well hear English confessions. However, he seldom has occasion for this. The last mission station I visited was Grand Traverse, where Father Mirick is now stationed. Previously, a missionary had never settled here, although I and my successors came here frequently until now, but only for a few days or weeks. The Indians of this mission are very humble and willing. I hope that the meritorious and experienced missionary Mirak, who now lives with them, will instruct them in everything that is good and keep them in a good Christian disposition. On July 22nd, I administered confirmation there to 31 persons, children and adults. On the 30th, I returned to Sousson Marie. From there, in a few days, I shall undertake a visitation journey to the mission on Lake Superior. And that's the end of that footnote describing um, a very productive and sure tiring uh, missionary journey, nearly all of which, I think all of them are within the, our diocese. So isn't that it's great for us to hear that. So that's the end of the entries for June 1855. Now we find ourselves in June 1856, June 1st, at 10am, preached in the cathedral. After the sermon, a collection was taken up, about $150. In the evening, at 8pm, I preached at the Jesuits. Collection, about $60. Uh, Badiger also preached and received a collection at St. Patrick's Church at this time. June Elizabeth departed from Cincinnati with William O'Donovan and Tim Hegney. William O'Donovan and Timothy Hegney were English-speaking teachers whom Badiger hired for the schools at Garden Island and Grand Portage. June 12th arrived in Detroit. June 13th sailed from Detroit at 2.30pm on the North Star and on. June 14th at 5pm arrived at the Sioux. June 26th again departed at 6am and on. June 
27th at 11am arrived in Ontonogan. From June 27th to July 6th, remained in Ontonogan, poor me, waiting for a steamer. On July 6th, the Manhattan came, I boarded it, and on the 8th arrived at La Ponte, and on the 9th in Superior, and on the 10th in Grand Portage. There's a little addendum here for June 29th, anniversary of all these entries. And that was written in the left margin because the diary, as we talked about, was begun on June 27th, 1852. And that's the end of the entries for 1856. He doesn't mention his birthday there, but we should. So that would be 57th birthday that he would have had. And now let's go on to June 1857. June 1st. Arrived at Cross Village. Grief because of Weinkamp. There's a footnote. Father Weinkamp was eccentric in many ways and caused Barriga much anxiety. That's a very polite way to put that. You know, some of these guys, particularly many, we keep hearing about, um, not eccentric, they're just either dysfunctional or um, disobedient. Anyway, so June 4th. Arrived at Garden Island. The teacher, O'Donovan, is like a missionary, especially against drunkenness. And there's a footnote. While Barriga was on Garden Island, 54 Indians signed a letter to Agent Finch in which they praised O'Donovan's teaching and actions against intemperance and for their rights. Well, very good for him. On June 7th, I had all the men sign the temperance pledge. On June 8th, arrived again in Cross Village, where I remained until the feast of Corpus Christi. June 12th, arrived at Middle Village and stayed until the following Sunday. June 15th, arrived in the Little Traverse, but stayed only one night and on the 16th departed. June 17th, arrived at Grand Traverse. There especially I had firm resolutions of resigning the entire or at least this troublesome appendix. Footnote there says, later added in uh, pencil, probably means 15 confirmations because he put down Father Mirak, 15 cough. Um, then June 22nd, arrived back in Little Traverse, left the following day. June 23rd, arrived at Sheboygan, Burt Lake. The teacher is very good and satisfied. For $30, I bought the schoolhouse, for which previously I had to pay $15 annual rent. June 26th, arrived with Father Latishar in Little Traverse, where on Sunday, June 28th, I preached and had some confirmations. Also here, I again encourage temperance. God grant success. June 29th, my 60th birthday, a day of fatiguing trip from Little Traverse via Middle Village to Cross Village, where on June 30th and 1st I had to remain exhausted. Apparently uh, Father Latisher sent an extensive account of this visitation to 
his friends back in in Europe. So I, somehow I got my uh, math mixed up there because I thought this would be his 59th. But uh, anyway, he should know, shouldn't he, when he's writing, when his birthday is. Although I sometimes forget what age I am, but um, that's not a new thing for me. So that uh, ends the entries for June 1857. June 1858, June 7th, early this morning at 8am, sailed from Sous-Saint-Marie, Mr Dunn, with Mr Dunn, and at 4pm we arrived at Mackinac, where I heard nothing but good about Father Murray, thanks be to God. Uh, we remember a couple of months ago there was problems with Father Murray and his drinking, so that's a good thing. June 8th, at 8am, sailed from Mackinac and at 3pm arrived at Cross Village. And there is a good long footnote here. So, it is possible to follow this voyage in greater detail using the article Barriger wrote himself. Since many readers of the Verheitsfreund know the Indian Bishop Barriger, either personally or through his letters, a report from my mission and may perhaps interest them. That is why I ask you to accept this letter in your widely circulated and much-read Varkensfreund. I have just returned from a long and fatiguing mission visitation journey, but I hope a useful one. I was on the journey for a month and a half, and I have visited all the missions in the southern part of my diocese, and in each mission I stayed for at least a week. Some of these missions I have founded and established 27 years ago, and some I have continued, and at that time I have many conversions and baptisms. For a long time all these Indians have been converted, and now live by agriculture, like other civilised peoples. If here or there a pagan is still about, then he is a stubborn individual from whom nothing good can be expected. I first visited a mission which we call Cross Village, and which is the mission of the Reverend Seraphim Zorn. Here we have two small convents for brothers and sisters of the Third Order of St. Francis. The superior of this congregation, Father Weinkamp, has built a conventual church which he had dedicated during my presence. On the Sunday that I had spent at Cross Village, I preached twice to the Indians, which I did almost everywhere, and confirmed 27 Indians. From Cross Village, I have given a ride. I was given a ride to Beaver Garden Island, which lies far from land in the middle of Lake Michigan. When I came on this island for the first time 27 years ago, where before then no priest had ever set foot, all the inhabitants were pagan, and I had the consolation of converting many to Christianity and baptising them. In the course of time, all have been converted to the Christian Catholic religion and now diligently visit the church on Sundays and feast days, even when no missioner is there. They assemble themselves in the church in the morning and in the afternoon to sing holy hymns and to pray the rosary in their own language. If possible, a missioner visits them every month, but sometimes the elements will not permit him to come. And when he does come, they usually will come to confession. We have here a good school teacher, William O'Donovan, such as we have in all the missions. He is very zealous and accomplishes much good among the Indians by his example and with his exhortations. My reception here was very friendly and at the same time edifying. 
They rang the bell, all came to me on the shore, and knelt down to receive the bishop's blessing, and then they accompanied me to the church, where after a brief speech I again gave them the holy blessing. I came to them with the missioner, Reverend Father Zorn, who generally visits them. I remained there a few days, and on the morning of my departure I administered holy confirmation to thirty Indians. From Beaver Island I returned to Cross Village, and the next morning I went to another Indian village, which we call Middle Village. There is a small church here with the missioner Zorn visits, which the missioner Zorn visits every 14 days, and on the church in the morning and in the afternoon, and then sing and pray. Also here, some have prepared for Holy Confirmation, 11 persons. My next station was my old Arab Krosh, where in May 1831 I began my Indian missions under the saintly Bishop Fenwick, the first Bishop of Cincinnati, to whose diocese all these missions belonged at the time. He himself accompanied me to the mission and stayed there for a few days. The present missioner, Sifarat, has not been long among the Indians and still knows little Indian, and so during my stay I took over all the missionary labours and every evening heard confessions until 10 or 11 o'clock and once until 11.30. From here I went to Grand Travis where the Reverend Ignatius Merrick has already laboured for several years. In his mission, District Father Merrick has also many whites, more and more of whom are settling on the spacious shore of Lake Michigan, Irish, French, German and Bohemians. Here I have confirmed 20 Indians. From Grand Traverse I went to Mackinac. This is an old mission of the Jesuits, which they had founded more than 200 years ago. After the dissolution of the Jesuit order, other missioners visited this mission from time to time, until finally the late Bishop Fenwick stationed a resident missioner there. The present priest, who also takes great pains with the school and the Sunday instructions of the Christian doctrine, he has prepared 45 persons for Holy Confirmation, whom I have confirmed on the Sunday that I spent there. Now I again return to Sousson Marie, and in a few days I will leave for the missions on Lake Superior. And of course that was written by Barriga himself to that uh, newspaper, and again that's uh, fascinating. I have to say that when I read that, I um, don't know how many people can get or listen to us Catholic Radio on Beaver, but if you're someone who doesn't regularly practice a faith, or you have family members that don't, you need to tell them about this, because what a way to not honour your forebears. And that applies to all of us across this diocese. You hear about that. When the bishop came, people come out seeking his blessing. The people didn't need Mass. They would go to church on a regular basis. They prayed the rosary together. They didn't need a priest to do all these things. And in many parishes, where there are priests putting on confessions and there are few people coming, listen to that. Bishop Barriga regularly, it's not the first time we've mentioned this, regularly heard confessions until 10 or 11 at night. And where is that patrimony? I, so many times I've mentioned this to people. They go on about their history, or oh, I'm Irish this and I'm German this and I'm French that but they seem to be forgetting the most important part, and that was the passing on of the faith. So, let's get back to the entries for June 1858. June 13th. 
Blessed Father Weinkamp's Church consecrated, blessed rather, Father uh, Weinkamp's Church consecrated his cemetery, confirmed 27 persons and preached twice to the Indians. June 14th, today I sailed to Garden Island and remained there on the 15th and 16th in the bitterness of my heart because of the general drinking of the local Indians. June 17th, early in the morning after Mass, confirmed 30 persons, young and old, after the ceremony, I left and by evening arrived in Cross Village. June 18th, rode from Cross Village to Middle Village. June 20th, Sunday, confirmed 11 persons in Middle Village and preached twice to the Indians. June 21st, arrived in Little Traverse, where the good, humble Father Sitaret serves God. Father Latishar, as a footnote, left for Minnesota on June 14th. He had trained Father Sitaret since his ordination. Latishar described the mission. It is something like it is in Carnolia. Now and then some sinner becomes converted or one of the faithful falls. Some are pious, some look warm. Some of the villages are better and some are not so good. But all Catholic Indians, except a small number, are of Catholic mind. Last fall, the former minister, a Protestant teacher, took leave from my mission, as he said, because of the illness of his wife. Poor preachers who bear the marital burden. But I believe he left for a different reason. It is well, thanks be to God, a Protestant school in one of the villages of my former mission, Cross Village, which up to last winter I frequently visited, is also now abandoned. However, the small number of Indians is in great danger because of the whites, but God will watch over them. And that was uh, from Father Latisher to somebody called Volk. And he was writing from Little Travis. June 22nd. Departed for Sheboygan. There I had confessions for two days in such terrible heat that the candles in the church melted. Footnote. On June 24th, the fourth and final member of the nucleus of the Ursuline community made her vows. Ermin Bedard, who became Mother M. Augustine, daughter of Francis and Payment Bernard, and niece of Michael Payment of Sugar Island. She was born on February 24, 1836, at Rigard, Quebec. She served in the position of depository, having charge of the temporal affairs of the community. In 1871, she came to Marquette to arrange for the departure of the Ursuline sisters, who had taught at the Cathedral School since 1865. On September 1, 1877, at the age of 41, she died from the complications of appendicitis. There we are. June 25th. Returned to Little Traverse Bay. June 26th. Heard many confessions until 11pm. June 27th. Preached two stirring sermons in the evening. Heard many confessions. Terrible heat. Day and night. June 28th. Have been in Petoske, where I promised Toto Shard Shard was a carpenter. Barragher hired him to build a church at Agamining, present-day Petoskey, then also known as Bear River. Trotoshard later gave Barragher an acre of land upon which to build the church, further removed from the hostile Protestant mission. Um, so, I promised Trotoshard board and nails. In the evening, held confessions until 11.30pm. June 29th, most celebrated day. It was his 61st birthday. 
I spent it sadly on the lake sailing to Grand Traverse. In the evening slept out in the open, uh, however, without mosquitoes. And the footnote says it was exceptional not to be pestered by mosquitoes. And Barriga finishes that entry with terrible heat all day long. June 30th at 8am arrive, arrived at Eagle Town where I remained until Sunday. And that ends the entries for June 1858. June 1859, June 3rd. With a good wind sailed in two and a half hours from Middle Village to Little Traverse Bay. June 5th, Sunday. Preached twice in Little Traverse and confirmed eight children. Notabene, there I accepted Margaret Sagima. And there's a footnote on that. Margaret Sagina or Sagima, a young Indian of the tribe of Ottawa, left on the 27th of the same month and in the same year. She did not know her age. I would have given her about 20 years. That's from the memoirs of Mother Mary Xavier. Carrying on the footnote, Margaret Sagima, daughter of Mr. Sagima, and of, I do not know the name of her mother, that sister was of the tribe of Ottawa and spoke only Indian. She was 18 years of age. Her birthplace was Little Traverse on Lake Michigan. She entered the novitiate on 17th of June and left on the 27th of the same month and year 1859. So she entered the novitiate on June 5th but didn't hang about. June 6th to Sheboygan, where I met poor John Heafy. And there's a footnote about that. He was a, a teacher at Sheboygan Berkeley School, uh, to whom I advanced $40 more in all, $70. From Sheboygan, Barriga sent another report, and here's the footnote. Dear sir, you promised me once at your office in Detroit that you would let me appoint teachers for this school here. So I did, and the last whom I appointed was Mr. Patrick Smith, but he left last winter and put his boy in his place as teacher, without asking me. But the Indians are not willing to have a boy to teach their boys and girls. They prefer to have a married man, and so also you told me yourself that you preferred married teachers. They are certainly better, and especially for this so lonely a place, it requires a man of family to resist here and to be able to stay here all the time. Because in the season of sugar-making, there is not one living soul in the whole village for about two months. Only a man with a family could bear it to remain here when the village is entirely deserted for two months. I then appointed a married man, John Heafy, who is now here and already commenced keeping school. The Indians are satisfied with him. He is an able teacher and has been keeping school for 20 years past. The Indians don't wish a single man for their teacher. They prefer a married man, of course. I hope, dear sir, you will keep me, keep your word and your promise. Relying upon your word of honour, I appointed Mr. Hafey, who would be left in the greatest distress if not confirmed by you in this present situation. And that's Barriga to Finch, who, if I remember, was the, the agent. Uh, then June 7th, once again to Little Traverse Bay in a terrible rainstorm. June 8th, to Bear River, where I offered Mass at Trotishad and preached. Trotishad gave me an acre of his land on which I shall build a small church. And we mentioned that um, in the 
previous month's entry. It's 30 by 20 by 12 feet high, and there's a, a footnote about that. Andrew Porter, the Protestant missionary and teacher at Bear Creek, wrote to Finch, You will remember that two years ago, since the Papists began to build a house of Baal on our side, our Indians petitioned you and you stopped the proceeding. You are also aware of the sneaking course pursued by Barriga in aiding Trotuchard to build a dwelling house designed and since used as a church. The bishop has been here again and has obtained a lot in our village from this same ignorant Frenchman upon which he designs raising a church at once. Will you allow him thus to set aside, Mormon-like, your authority? When the above facts were known, our Indians came to me and proposed a council for the purpose of petitioning you. I rather objected, but they proceeded alone, and having drawn up a petition, obtained the names of almost all the Indians in this immediate vicinity, when they brought it to me, asking me to transcribe and forward it to you. The case on the part of the bishop is mean and arbitrary, since he knows that his party is a small minority. You know here is no need for a church here, since they have one only four miles off. They have they had twenty years before we came, and why did they not build a church during that time? But no, they chose rather, when we had formed a little nucleus, to come here with their tares, um, their, that's their weeds, shall they come with their wolf teeth and devour the bones and marrow? The, the paper they, our Indians, signed is simple, simply this. We, those named, are annexed and do not wish to have a church of Catholics built here on this side. 31 persons, 25 Indian and 6 white signed this petition. And that's what he wrote to the Indian agent. And that goes back to something I mentioned earlier. How nice. June 9th at 10am, departed from Grand Traverse and arrived there just before midnight on a cold night. June 12th, Sunday, preached in Grand Traverse in the morning and afternoon, confirmed seven persons. Mr. Mirak has repaired the church outside and inside very nicely. June 13th, about noon, departed Grand Traverse and at 1.30am arrived at Green River, where I spent the night on the sandy shore in considerable cold since I was without a blanket. June 14th, at 3pm, arrived at Cross Village and there met Margaret Sagama ready to go with me to Sousson and enter the convent. June 15th, with a good wind in five hours sailing from Cross Village to Mackinac, and on the following day, June 16th, continued with Anna Lorsch and Margaret Sagama. And as a foot name, note about Anna Lorsch, entered the community as a lay sister. She remained until January 3rd, 1860. And then we have Anna Marguerite Lorg, Different spelling, was born at Bettinger in Germany and was 22 years old. She took the, the holy habit on the 17th of December of the same year, 1859, with the names of St. Marie Barbara. She was sent, dismissed, on June 3rd, 1860. That's from the memoirs of Mother Mary Xavier, and carrying that footnote on. She may have been associated with the German Franciscan community in Cross Village, since it was from that location that Barriga brought her to Sous-Saint-Marie. More likely, she was the young woman of whom Barriga had written to Father John Albanick, um, 
Pomeroy, Ohio, asked the German girl if she would like to come at once into the local Ursuline cloister. End of footnote. June 17th. Friday arrived at the Sioux at 8am aboard the steamboat Illinois and brought Anna Lorch and Margaret Sangamon to the Ursulines. Note. This is a note by him himself. Anna Lorch will probably remain, but Margaret Sagama wishes to go home, and she will go home, on board the Lady Elgin on June 26th. Entry for June 26th. Sunday. Today the good Margaret Sagama departed on the Lady Elgin for Mackinac. One should never try to train an Indian to be a priest or an Indian girl to be a nun. And he underlined that sentence. June 29th. My 62nd birthday. Thanks be to God. This afternoon I sailed on the propeller, Montgomery, for Lons, and the following day I arrived at the entry where I stayed for two days with Edgerton. And that ends the entries for June 1859. And now we come to June 1860, and I don't think that we'll be able to get the other three years' entries in, but still, it gives a flavour. So here we go. June 1st. June, my birth month, begins nicely. We shall see how it will behave in the future. Many confessions. The people of Fond du Lac are beginning to come. Even some Indians from Iskanogan are coming. June 2nd. An extraordinary day of labour. Continuous confessions and instruction for baptisms and confirmation. Also first communions. June 3rd. Sunday. Today... There were more people in the church than on Pentecost, because they have come here from different locations. A very intensive day of labour, but alas, only up to 4pm, because then I had to leave. The North Star arrived sooner than I expected. Confirmed 22. Confirmed all alone. June 4th, at 1am arrived at La Pont. At 7am said Mass and heard, then heard confession of sick Techkeawayo. In the evening I made many confessions. June 5th, at break of dawn, I brought only communion to Tetrawako, offered Mass, and then set out for Bad River and arrived there in five hours. Stayed with Nawahajins, that footnote says Little Current, whatever that means, where I found a neat chapel on his upper floor. Presumably then that's an Indian name. Immediately after my arrival, I went to visit Sikh Wabada, in the evening said prayers and preached. June 6th. <coughs> Last night I almost did not sleep at all because of the loud mosquitoes and crying of children. After the Mass I carried the Holy Eucharist to Sikh Wabada, to whom I also administered extreme unction. It is raining terribly from time to time. June 7th. Corpus Christi. I had Mass at 10am and preached after that baptisms to adults and for children. In the evening... In the afternoon, rather, vespers and sermon, towards evening, I called upon Najawajkins and made an arrangement with him for the upper story of the house. June 8th, departed from Bad River at 9am and arrived in La Pont. Soon after that, I went to see the sick half-breed, the pit pitiful My Michael Bassinet's son, and heard his confession. Then I went to Bayfield to Colonel Drew, who paid me $275 for D Dylan O'Brien in the evening. Many confessions. June 9th, a great day of labour. I had confessions all day and some baptisms. To Nagawajans, I played $40. 
for the upper part of the house to be used as a chapel. June 10th, Sunday, an extraordinary day of work. From 4am until 10pm, I had uninterrupted work, very many confessions, five sermons, 23 baptisms and three confirmations. The church was packed full. And Bishop Ice, who was one of the people who proofread the original translation of this, he wrote in, a, in the margin, and our priests complain, complain about what they have to do nowadays. June 11th, not so much to do today. In the afternoon, I went to visit Sikh Dufon and Sikh Chaloux and heard their confessions. In the evening, there were some confessions. June 12th, still less to do today. I have made an agreement with Joseph Riel for the addition to Little Currents, that's that man's name, wasn't it? That Naga Nawadadian's house. And then I reached into my carpet bag to pay him $10 in advance. I discovered the very distressing fact that about $65 had been stolen from me. John Cottons was accused. The suspicion is strong against him. That's unfortunate. June 13th. The unfortunate John Cottons, oh, I didn't realise it, is actually the thief. This morning he admitted that he stole $65 from my carpet bag. He was brought to justice and is now in custody awaiting the circuit court. June 14th. Today I went to the agent, Colonel Drew, in Bayfield, to request him to indemnify me by paying the $50, which is still due to me, because yesterday I got back 15 He gave me hope and the promise that he would do this to the best of his ability. June 15th. All day sadly waiting for the North Star. Today I made an arrangement with Pernier to repair the arches at St Joseph's Church at $150 per day. On the same evening boarded the Ogans and onward. And I'm afraid that's where we'll need to end it because of time halfway through that month. Again, I, I hope you all agree that there were some interesting uh, footnotes there and just getting the idea of, of what he was doing. But my goodness me, that man heard a lot of confessions and now many of you will realise why certain priests, and of course you all know I'm one of them, have, have put on so much confession. Because the reason why he's doing that it's because he wants his people to go straight to heaven and for no other reason than that. It's not because he thinks they're great sinners. It's because he wants them to go straight to, to heaven. And God bless him for that. So let's finish by praying for the, the country and the world as we say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. The Lord be with you, and with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. Thanks for joining us today. You can listen again to this or any other episode of Let's Talk Catholic at our blog, letstalkcatholicpodcast.blogspot.com or you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or almost any other podcast provider. You can also like us on Facebook. Let's Talk Catholic is produced by Nick Medelsky and can be heard right here on Relevant Radio in Northern Michigan, Excellent. Saturdays at noon.